The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023, season 19, episode number 20. Welcome to the latest edition of of the break we are live from swbc mortgage studios at the star and uh today we're gonna we got a lot of different topics we're gonna hit we're gonna talk about some bubble guys i got a whole list of guys that i want to go through get some opinions from uh, these folks about how they are performing and where they fit right now uh we'll also talk about uh, a player that's out there uh that we just have learned over the last couple days is a player that might be available for trade and whether the cowboys might or might not or should or should not have interest in in one Jonathan Taylor. We'll talk about that here in a moment. Welcome my uh, my co-host to the stage, Amber Garcia, Patrick Walker. Brian's out today, uh, but we'll hold it down, right? We'll hold yes, it sir. down today. So uh, let's let's first start. Uh, I want to get some some updates from you, Patrick. Last night the Cowboys had uh, practice here in Frisco at the mm-hmm. Star. Training camp continues. Uh, it was about a two-hour practice. Um, and we kind of saw some different things from the standpoint of injuries of people that some kind of were back, some were not. Let's talk about some of those. Ronald Jones, where is he from an injury standpoint? Uh, Ronald Jones was a limited participant in yesterday's practice. Uh, he was in full pads and, and helmet. Uh, he did individual drills, but did not participate in team drills. Once the team drills fired up, uh, Rojo went back to the rehab group. So uh, that comment from Mike McCarthy saying that uh, Jones would be, quote unquote, challenged to take the field against the Raiders, that it's holding true thus far. We'll see what happens today in padded practice, but it's not looking good for Ronald Jones. Uh, if he does miss, obviously that means he will have missed the entirety of the preseason uh, with their groin injury. As the Cowboys get into their roster cuts and we see that Rico Dowdle and Deuce Vaughn have pretty much cemented their spots. Um, not a lot of space there for wiggle room. Rojo and needs to remember get those two games that he's going to miss in the and regular the two game season, suspension so. looms Ooh, large. As I didn't well. even think you about, forgot that. about that. Yeah, yeah I did. That's huge. Two game suspension looms large as well. Wow. Um, Matt, well, let's go a little bit more promising news. Matt, let's go was on the field yesterday, uh, full uniform participated in individual drills and select team drills with that, uh, shoulder injury that he suffered against the Seattle Seahawks. So, well, let's go does have appears to have a much better chance of taking the field against the Raiders. Great news for a Cowboys team that is battling offensive line depth issues uh, and needs well let's go to step in and hopefully be um, a front runner for that swing tackle position uh, spoke with schoolmaker yesterday as he continues his recovery from plantar fasciitis great news from uh, the rookie second round pick told me directly that uh, his foot feels quote unquote like it was before uh, end quote the injury and he's just working on getting it stronger now so sounds as if he's mostly past the injury if not in its entirety and he's just trying to build up strength and of course get his lungs back to be NFL ready for week one so uh, all things considered Cowboys are starting to get healthier Donovan Wilson still on track for week one Israel Mukwamu returned weeks ago um, obviously there's the devastating news of losing DeMarvion Overshone and John Stevens but they've got a plan for that particularly with Overshone uh, Marquise Bell is going to take the lead in that role. We spoke with him yesterday, and we'll get into that a little bit today. So, 
talk to me about Nation Wright and uh, Malik Jefferson. Anything we're hearing on Malik Jefferson still dealing with the foot injury. Didn't see him do much yesterday. Uh, I think he'd be hard pressed to get on the field, and that's a shame for Jefferson because he was really flying around against the Jacksonville Jaguars before he left that game with the foot injury. Uh, and I, I spoke with him. He still has a little bit of a limp. I'd be surprised if he took the field, but something to keep an eye on as they have padded practice uh, here today. Nashawn Wright, he's out of the boot. Uh, did a little bit of work yesterday. Nothing of note. So again, much like Jefferson. Jefferson, let's see what he does in padded practice today. Uh, but without Nashawn Wright, the onus is going to be on rookie fifth-round pick, uh, sixth-round pick Eric Scott, and, of course, Kelvin Joseph, former second-round pick, to kind of step up uh, as the Cowboys hopefully prepare for the return of Jordan Lewis, which is another positive that's uh, looming on the horizon because uh, me having the conversation with Jordan Lewis as recently as last week, he said he can do everything. He's doing everything, full speed, sprinting, cuts. He's just trying to get his stamina back. Um, now, does that mean that he beats the, you know, the September 1st cut down? And if he does, then he's on the active 53-man roster. If not, then he starts the season on PUP, and he's down for four games before the Cowboys have to figure that out. So, uh, yeah, that's that's where they are right now. Talk to me about best-case scenario. Let's assume for a second uh, that Jordan is ready to play week one of the season. Uh, do you think he steps in and immediately becomes – your slot guy, or do you keep Deron Bland there? Because it's it's clear Deron Bland is the future. Uh, they, he is the future for the Cowboys when mm-hmm. it comes to that slot position. I would not but mess with Deron Bland at whatsoever. All. He's been he did an amazing job last year, his first year, and then this year, I he just taking a step forward. Everything I, I see him doing, it's good, and I'm like, wow, it, I'm impressed by what the. Just the work he's been putting out there, the athleticism, the way that he's competing, there might be some times where he's missed a couple of plays, things like that, that just happen by nature of the sport and the game. But all in general, there's nothing that he has done that would make me want to even consider taking him out on the field. I would, he's one of the guys that I would want out there as much as possible. I agree, and, and I've put this out there on Twitter as well. When the question was posed, do you play? Do the Cowboys play the roster numbers game when it comes to Jordan Lewis and, and sit him down for four games and then have to figure it out later but buys you time? Well, number one, uh, this was pre-injury to Overshone and John Stevens. I still wouldn't have done that because – while I don't believe Jordan Lewis is going to hit the ground running as prime Jordan Lewis, I still think that Jordan Lewis at 80% is better than Eric Scott trying to figure it out as a rookie, and he's better than Kelvin Joseph trying to figure out how to play nickel. So Deron Bland in that instance, you bring Jordan Lewis back, let Deron Bland remain your starting nickel, and then rotate Lewis in so that he can be in midseason form when midseason comes around. And that's how I would play it that way. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I look at Jordan Lewis, man. I I know I like Deron Bland game a lot I think he is one of the one of the more talented young players on this team Um, and ever since he's gotten here he's been flashing since he got here so I don't want to slow that down but at the same time I look at 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 Jordan Lewis and I'm like Jordan Lewis is a really good player oh yeah I think he's one of the more underrated players Mm -hmm. uh, in over the last several years for the Cowboys yeah he's always been and I think it's probably because of his size a little bit people underestimate him but he's got to make makes plays He's not afraid to get in there and make the tough tackle. Like he does everything you would want a slot cornerback to do, and he does it well. And so I'm not really ready to to write him off just yet. I, I look at that and I'm like, it's nice to have a Deron Bland and to know he's going to be your future. But I want to get everything I could possibly get 
out of Jordan Lewis well, this season. Well, look at what, what happened last year. You had struggles there at yes. corner and guys Speak. getting injured, mm-hmm. going out, or th- players not being to play to the level that you needed them, and you just didn't have anybody else to put in there. So I think that at the end of the day, it's all going to sort itself out, and Jordan Lewis will see time on the field. I think he will make the roster. It sucks that he's missed all this time because it it, it just does. Yeah. It takes a, away from what you're trying to build and uh, on top of what you already have on the defense. But I just think that at some point, you know, you're going to be like, okay, we need a corner. Well, there's your guy. Perfectly said. And, and to that point, I want – Every Cowboys fan who has this thought in their head of potentially using Jordan Lewis's trait bait, get, get it out of here. Because there's this perennial act or attitude of, oh, well, we are already set at this position, one, two, three, let's go ahead and start trading guys away. But then what happens is you see 2022 and you lose Jordan Lewis and then you lose Anthony Brown and then you lose in Jacksonville and then you lose in Green Bay because your cornerback play dropped off quite a bit. Bottom line is Jordan Lewis could have been a breakout player for the Cowboys long before he became one. Hi, Chris Richard. Um, <laughs> but at one point pre-Diggs, Jordan Lewis was the only ball hawk in the secondary lest people forget. So Jordan Lewis was doing it, and he's not the prototypical corner or even nickel corner. So the fact that Jordan Lewis will be back to full health, that gives you four dominant impact cornerbacks, Diggs, Gilmore, Bland, and then Lewis in rotation. And then that buffers you also against potential injury, and you don't have to worry about, you know, what you had to worry about in the second half of last season. Yes. Go ahead. Sorry, I was... was were you going to ask? No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, since we're on topic uh, at the cornerback position, wanted to ask you guys your thoughts on Kelvin Joseph Ooh. and where he's at. Because just at training camp, different practices, I've seen them giving him a lot of opportunity. Like, he, he's mm-hmm. gotten a lot of reps with the first team defense. So, and he's always seems to be out there. Just wondering, like... Have y'all's opinion changed as far as, like, your evaluation of the player? Well, here's what I'm going to do. That was a great setup, Amber, because that was where we were going to go in the next in the next in the next part of this show. Uh, We actually that's our top bubble guy, because I think Mm. he is a very, very interesting player. And quite frankly, I do think he relates quite nicely to the conversation we're having about Jordan Lewis. Mm Because if Jordan's on the roster, what does that mean? How does that affect somebody like a Kelvin mm-hmm. Joseph? So we're going to take our first break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about some players and evaluate some different players. We're going to start with Kelvin Joseph. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available 
in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. You know, I was mench- I was thinking. Um, I'd love for you to hear from you guys on what you think of our new studio. We had this, uh, oh. this new studio redesigned. Uh, I'm loving it. I think it's actually really nice. Uh, but I want to hear from you guys what you think. So if you uh, want to get out on Twitter and let me know what you think of, of the studio, we'd love to hear your feedback. You know, we're here. We're show of the people. So we want to hear from the people. Let us know what you think. And uh, and we can also adapt as we go. If there are certain things that you kind of like or don't like, we can maybe uh, adapt some things. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Here's what we're going to do. Um, Let's go ahead and get into some of these player evaluations. A lot of these guys whose names I'm going to bring up are guys that I consider to be bubble guys. Some of them may not. Some of them may be clearly guys that won't make the team or clearly will make the team, but I think they're worth discussion. Uh, so we'll, we'll start first with the player that we mentioned right before the break, Kelvin Joseph. He is a very interesting uh, player from the standpoint that he was a former second-round pick. Um, I would think by most people's account he has not lived up to what you would have expected from a second round pick, although I think here over the last couple weeks, I think we've started to see some flashes from him. Uh, I know in this last game he had two pass defenses. Um, now, again, he's playing against guys that probably won't be playing on Sundays come the fall. But that all being said, it still is you know preferable. You want guys making plays, and he was making some plays. That being said, what is your assessment of Kelvin Joseph as it sits today? We'll start with you, Amber. <laughs> Since you asked yeah. the question, you okay. yeah, since you threw the sure, answer right. my go. own question. Right. You threw the you. Let's That's go. That's exactly right. Um, well, we were talking about it uh, during the break a little bit, and I just personally, I'm in a weird spot where I where I don't necessarily know how to feel because looking back at last year, I personally was not a fan. Every there were so many times that he would make mistakes on the field, and he would just like completely piss me off like I and not me but a lot of people as well mistakes that cost you at times and Jacksonville yes looking at it now though what he's been doing working with the first team going against some of the veteran guys and not winning though not winning though let's be clear about that but there there have been a little very few, very few. Against the ones where it's been competitive enough. Okay, right. where he's right there competing. This is back in Oxnard. I got you. Um, I got you. Very small moments that I'm. The fact that he's going up against them, that's what made me keep an eye on him and be like, okay, what's going on here? 
it impressed me the fact that they're giving him so many opportunities and here on lately and I feel again this is a practice I just it's hard to tell whether you're pulling a flag or you know mm -hmm. like making those mistakes right. uh but just all in all I think he's gotten better but I don't know I'm bought in yet now you have to look at those other guys mm -hmm. that are on the roster uh as of now and see who you would rather keep but I don't know. You guys tell me what y'all feel. It, it's just the fact that I see him so much out there. The fact that the coaches are putting him out there so much as opposed to other guys. I, I feel like, to be blunt, I'm not the component of him seeing a lot of time versus the ones over the first half of training camp doesn't impress me because I know that that's out of necessity. That's because Jordan Lewis was wow. on the pup list, and that's because the Cowboys are trying to give Kelvin Joseph every possible opportunity to show his value as a former second-round pick. They do not want to move on from him because that would be an admission that it was a failed pick. They want to see some value here. So because it's out of necessity and it's basically them pointing at him saying, show me something, the number of reps against the ones isn't going to impress me. It's the quality of those reps. In the beginning of camp, the first half of camp, alluding to Derek's point, he struggled against the ones, struggled against some of those twos as well. A little more handsy than I would like to see. A lot of those plays that he made in practice, they would have been flags. Um, that's just being objective mm -hmm. about it. Now, in keeping with the objectivity, timing is everything. Mm -hmm. He started to come on strong right when he needs to come on strong because it's almost time for roster cuts. He had a, a pass breakup against the Jaguars. He had two pass defenses against mm -hmm. the Seattle Seahawks. So he's starting to look like he's starting to find his stride. The question that I now pose to myself, to the panel, to the Cowboys front office and coaching staff is, is he showing enough right now wherein you make a decision that moves you on from Eric Scott? I don't, I don't think that's the case because you traded up to get Eric Scott. You don't want to move on from Eric Scott. Jordan Lewis is coming back. If he's healthy, then you want your Jordan Lewis because, as I said, 80% Jordan Lewis is already better than everybody not named Diggs, Gilmore, or Bland. Okay? Mm -hmm. um, Nishan Wright, where is he on the injury front? Does it matter, though, despite the trade that he had a higher draft value? Oh, are you talking about Kelvin Joseph? Joseph. At this point, that doesn't matter to me. time has been such a time. It's expired already. It doesn't matter to me. You can't keep riding the, the draft. This pick is your. Yeah. What? Three? Yeah. yeah. Three? I, I, I for some reason, I had two. This in my is mind. his third season. I want to see. Yeah, this is three. He's going into this is third season. Oh, yeah. That expired a long time ago. Yeah, so it doesn't matter anymore. For some reason. That's what we're saying. Honestly, that, in my opinion, now, of course, I'm not using the draft picks. So. They yeah, may no, have a very like yeah, Will yeah, McClay yeah. may have a very different look at that of how much latitude you give a guy when the based on expires, the draft pick. Yeah. I'm telling you, for me, that gives you one year. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to cut my draft pick the year I draft them. I right. want to give them the benefit of the doubt that one off season will allow them to get to wherever I'm mm -hmm. trying to wherever I projected them to be. Once you get past that, Sorry, hey man, bud. you have to you have to prove it, or I'm drafting somebody else to come mm -hmm. in to take your spot. Eric Scott. Now, and I'm wondering because <laughs> when this comes to a roster equation. How many cornerbacks are you carrying? Because the cornerbacks that are at the bottom of your CB depth chart, they got to do special teams. Okay, so Kelvin Joseph, that would be his big end of special teams. And then he, at that point, as they need nickel coverage, they can kind of filter him in. Um, but if you're keeping him, is Nashawn healthy? Or if you, are you starting Nashawn on the pup list to sit him for four games and then you figure things out four weeks out? 
Eric Scott. I don't think they move on from Eric Scott. C.J. Goodwin doesn't play defense during the regular season, but you lost Noah Brown as your Oh, he's on this. I mean, you, right. yeah, you can't You lost Luke him. Gifford as he's an a special you, teams you, guy. That's yeah. why you brought C.J. back on a one-year mm-hmm. deal, so he could be. So if you're not going to move on from C.J. Goodwin, you're not going to move on from Eric Scott. If Nashawn Wright is healthy and Jordan Lewis is healthy, yeah. where do you squeeze Kelvin in? So, again, Kelvin, he's come on strong at the right time these past couple of games. Question is, has he come on strong enough um, to defeat those he- those guys if they're healthy, Nashawn and Jordan, uh, in addition to Eric Scott and um, and C.J. Goodwin, who's your special teams? You're a lone special teams ace at this point. As an aside, I actually think of all the years I've been covering the Cowboys. I've been here now for 20-something years. And yeah, I know you're right there with me. You're not oh, that far. Stop. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually think CJ Goodwin may be the best special teams player I've ever seen with the Cowboys Ooh. in the time I've been here. This guy Ooh. is some of the things he does on special teams, and it's consistent. Like every single time, he's the first one down there. He's the one making the play. Even in times when something goes wrong, he gets blocked. He still has a way to recover to get yeah. back into the play. I, I've just, I've never, I have not seen, and I've, there have been some good special teams players. Keith Davis comes to mind. He was really good here mm-hmm. on special teams. Um, actually, when I got here, I want to say, uh, I'm not sure. Anyway, there, there, the there have been, be there have been some really good yes. ones. There have been some really good ones. I, I would make the argument really he is the ones. best that I've seen. Yeah, That's he bars. is the best <laughs> I have seen. In the time I've been here, he is a true special teams ace. All right, let's move on to another name I'm going to throw out for you guys. Isaiah Land, very interesting player. Uh, this last game, he did have a forced fumble and a sack. Uh, what do you What do you think about him? I do love me some Isaiah Land. Um, he was just a menace against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which rolls over what he was doing in camp practices out in Oxnard. Um, and did you hit an Oxnard? Oxnard. <laughs> Oxnard. Did you hit an Oxnard? I did hit an Oxnard. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, <laughs> you got Oxnard. me. You got me. Yeah. Um, a little bit Georgia Twain came out. Yeah. Um, but it, it's fun, funnily enough against the uh, the Seahawks, uh, not a few minutes before he did the forced fumble, he got the forced fumble. I was like, oh, Isaiah's been kind of quiet. And then two reps later, forced fumble. I guess he heard me from the press box. So, I mean, he's impacting games over these last two preseason games. I anticipate he'll impact the game against the Raiders. I, f- I think you got to find a way to get him onto the roster. I really do. Um, who does that push out? That's the question mark because the Cowboys are absolutely stacked on the That's defensive the front. I mean, Quentin Bohanna's coming on strong. Neville Gallimore's coming on strong. Chauncey Ghostin, uh, his December last year what's he the came total in. amount of guys you're keeping Ooh, that that's, depends a, on that's how many a discussion you, that I mean, depends on how yeah. many you're running on the offensive line i think those two things are on a scale so if you go plus one ol then you're minus well, one. well we know who uh, needs it more exactly so. my point so you might run 10 I'd, I'd say 10 defensive linemen i can't figure out just yet i really i really do need this game against the raiders to figure out who I would take away to add Isaiah Land. I just, I don't know yet, but I do know that you need to put him on this roster. I do think you could get him to your practice squad, though. That's I think possible. I think every year there are guys like this that you're like, oh, no, he'll never make it to the Davis practice squad. Year. Yeah, he'll never make it to practice squad, and he'll make it to the practice squad. It's okay. Um, I, I do think he's a guy that becomes a very good practice squad player for me that I think I can develop. If I'm making that decision, I think I can develop for future years. Amber, what are your thoughts? I'm right there with what he just said and it's a tough one because of how competitive this whole group is and you look at 
forgot um, Micah Parsons, everything, the spotlight that he usually takes. There have been times where I feel like every guy, most of these guys have had a flashy moment. I saw some of the uh, one-on-one drills out at training camp, which is my favorite drill of all of them. Um, And there there is strength in a lot of these guys. There is quickness, uh, how fast they just get off and go. So it's a tough battle because I feel so many of them are just right there so it makes me I would love to know the opinion um what the coaches are thinking and what are the kinds of traits that they value the most because I think that it's just going to come down to that but that's that's a very hard question Derek yeah what are you thinking well I mean like I said I, I think he's a guy you can get to your practice squad and and my expectation is that's where he will end up I just don't I think this roster is too deep that it's one of the things I love about this defense right now is they are so deep at so many positions. The one that 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 they're actually not as deep at because of the injury is linebacker. I was mm. thinking, you know, you add Overshone into what they already have, the linebackers are even deep. I, there would have been no position on the defense where if I would have sustained one injury, I would have been like, oh my oh God, no. that sinks. Uh, uh, except for, obviously, 11. He's 11. You're not going to replace him with anybody right. because he's just so special. Uh, but... Anybody else, I felt like, hey, you could sustain that because you have enough depth mm-hmm. that the next guy, you don't drop off too much from the guy that that preceded him. So I, I just look at this defense, and I'm just so impressed with that. And that's why a guy like an Isaiah Land that has flashed and shown you something in camp, just it's hard for him to make a roster like this. It's just too deep. That's fair. If you- Do you have a, a- – any PTSD from the Ridgeway, and I, obviously Ridgeway wasn't lost in the initial cutdowns and waivers. But when right. they played the waivers game uh, as the beginning of the season rolled along, then the commander swooped in and got Ridgeway. Do you think there'd be any kind of flashback there as far as risking Isaiah Lane and saying, "Hey, well, if we put him on waivers, we might lose him to a division rival"? Here's my question for you. I'll answer that question with a question: Do you feel like right now, if Ridgeway were here, that he would be among the top? two or three, no. or would he be right on the bubble again? He'd be on the bubble again. Here we go. So you didn't really <laughs> lose anything. Like, you're so deep you at the position. Yeah, you, you basically replaced him yeah. with other guys that were comparable. So it's That's not fair. like you lost anything. It's not like you lost a guy that has turned out to be an easy, you know, he is your plug-in mm-hmm. starting defensive tackle. He's not better than Osa. Right, no, that's agree. He, he's not better than than Hankins. That's agree. He's not going to be better than Mozzie. That's agree. So all those things considered, like he still is going to be a guy that would be down there that you'd be th- we'd be talking about him today as a potential bubble guy. I I, I look at a player like Junior Fajoko, and they're not going to move on from their rookie fourth round pick. Um, but I would have loved to see more from Junior Fajoko in camp, and I know that he was battling a shoulder in- injury that slowed a lot of his progress this camp. But I just would have liked to see um, what he can do more so to this point, which makes the conversation easier for me as far as the Isaiah Land. because, And I'm, I'm not saying it's Land versus Fajoko, but in the grand scheme, if you're looking at the macro of trying to figure out the roster, I would have just loved to see more from Fajoko. But, I mean, he'll be on this roster. But that's the thing. Like, that's the hard part of this. You say Fajoko's going to be on this roster. Defensive end might be the deepest position on the actual team. Mm. Like Nick was talking about this yesterday on another show I heard him talking about. He was like, when you start thinking about this defensive end position, you get second team. You even get to the third group of guys. And for some teams, that would be their first group of guys as pass rushers. I don't know where Fajoko fits on this team. When you start just thinking about the raw numbers, 
there are probably right now there are probably six defensive ends that you would say are better than Fajoko. Are you going to carry a seventh? Contrarily, are you willing to cut or waive your rookie fourth round? I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> no, and that's it what I'm saying. Sense. That's yeah. the discussion. It all, it all makes that's sense. The and you're and in a normal you. and in a normal, you loud and clear. In, a, in a normal in a normal situation, you'd be like, absolutely not. I'm not letting go of my fourth round pick. But okay, so if you're not going to let go of your fourth round pick, which of those guys that we just that 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 we could throw out there at defensive end are you are you willing to let go to keep your fourth round pick? Mm, that's the discussion. Right. All those guys can play. Right, and they're experienced players. So who are you gonna let go? Mm. Dorrance, you gonna let Dorrance go? Hell no. Okay, <laughs> I didn't want to let Dorrance go last right. year. The exactly, year that's my point. People were like, Fa- oh, you gonna let Fowler go? No, you brought Fowler no. for a reason. You gonna let Sam go? Stop it. Uh, that's my point. Down. Like, let's calm down. But that's my point. <laughs> is it like, time for a break. Everybody relax. Going, I mean, it's getting crazy. That is the difficulty <laughs> of this cut right now. Is is you're gonna have some good players and some players that you really want for your future that you're going to actually they're going to actually have to be having discussions about letting some of these guys go yeah. it also depends on how you how you file michael parsons now in reality we know he's an edge rusher yeah i see what you're saying in reality we know you he's think an edge of him rusher. as but a, if you, you could think of correct, him but if from, you from assign minds, him yeah, as a yeah. linebacker now you're plus one on linebacker which gives you the yeah. vacancy on the defensive end true so that's how i think that's how you ultimately get to justify Junior for Hoko yeah. and not having to cut your rookie. They can play mind games with themselves. There you go. Like I said, he's more of a, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll call him Can't a linebacker. Play with agent, we'll, put, but, we'll, you know. yeah, we'll call him a linebacker just for the purposes yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of making our roster make <laughs> and sense. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It's magic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. I'll throw out another name for you guys. This one's another interesting one, another polarizing one, probably as much as, as Kelvin Joseph. Josh Ball. Mm. Ambar. Hold on. I'm looking at all the guys uh, we got on here. Okay, again, back to the question. <laughs> How many are we keeping? Let's we, don't, we don't have those numbers. I, we don't have those numbers. And the, we'll, the, by the way, that's you, the you're show. You're GMing. You tell us that's how many. The show, oh, no. That's the show that we will do uh, maybe Friday or next Tuesday is we will actually cut this roster down. But right now we're just having the discussion of where he fits. Like, how has he performed? What's your evaluation of him? Because my opinion is he's been very similar to Kelvin Joseph, mm. a guy that coming off last year you didn't really think – necessarily had it uh they moved him to to guard moments but he's been i will say this the preseason game this last preseason game i thought he played as well as i've ever seen him play um i think there toward the end of training camp i saw him play maybe as well as i've ever seen him play so going back to your point patrick timing is everything he's starting to kind of make some headway and this is a new position for him none of us i think i can say this uh, with some some pretty good um, confidence, mm-hmm. I don't think any of us expected that Josh Ball would actually be a player at guard. When when we heard they were moving to oh, guard, 100%. we all were like, "He's too tall. 100%. That's not going to work." 100%. But I will say, here over the last couple weeks, we have started to see some signs that maybe he's getting better at it. Ye- yes. To me, again, I feel like he's had certain moments where he's flashed, um, and you can see a slight curve um, of him getting better. But I'm going to cheat on this. I'm going to go based on this um, roster (laughs) depth chart that Cowboys PR makes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's listed right behind Zach Martin. Yeah. Now, I'm, oh, that's, hey, I'm okay. saying yeah. we don't go really based on yeah. how this yeah. is, but hey, 
according to PR. That's a real cheat. I'm cheating because yeah. I don't have an answer for you right now. I feel that, honestly, the fact that you're going to have to keep so many guys, I think he makes it and he's going to be here. Um, Just because you don't have a lot of options? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Mm. I think you you need the bodies. I think he he will make the roster because of that. Unless there was some kind of move that happens and the Cowboys go out and acquire somebody else uh, to help on the O-line. Otherwise, um, I don't see him not being on the team. I do agree that the Cowboys need the bodies, and that's why they get a 16-man practice squad. And I am not of the opinion that if you wave Josh Ball, he's going to get scooped up by another team. He's still very much uh, developing uh, in his new role. Timing is everything. Yes, he's starting to come on strong, but his coming on strong for me is – just enough to show the Cowboys they need to continue to develop him there. But I think it's from a, a practice squad capacity. Because if you look at, if you carry 10, even if you carry 11, all right, you know who your starting five is. But when you go to the second level, Awesome Richards, he's, <laughs> that rookie, he's, he's starting to come on now. Brock Hoffman, uh, he had a rough game in pass pro, but for the most part, very strong camp. Matt Farniak, he has potential to swing, and he has potential as a backup center behind uh, Lindstrom. Don't forget TJ Bass. I'm getting he's, there. Okay, that, sorry. That, that's exactly my, my point. Bad. As I go down the list, yeah. TJ Bass. Not necessarily the best practice guy, but boy, he is an absolute gamer. So the question that you would then have to ask yourself, whether you're carrying 10 or 11 offensive linemen, do you want Josh Ball or do you want T.J. Bass on the 53-man roster? I think that's where it comes down. It's Bass versus Farniak versus Ball. And in that equation, it's Bass and Farniak I give the nod to, and I get Josh Ball back on the practice squad to protect against injury to either of those players. I think that's how the Josh Ball equation should be played out. Fact of the matter is, I'm not certain. I know we've given a lot of – we've given him a hard time quite a bit. I'm talking about Ball. Uh, but but I'm not certain that – I'm not certain that Ball is a guy you could put out there that somebody wouldn't pick up um, because I know how tough right now – the, the Cowboys are not the only team in the NFL that are looking for offensive linemen. Offensive linemen are hard to come by this time of the year, and I think there's probably some teams that have – there are certainly some teams that have lesser fortunes on the offensive line than the Dallas Cowboys. And, and from that standpoint, I think they're probably intrigued to some degree by the same things that the Cowboys are intrigued by, his traits, because his traits tell you – man, this guy ought to be able to play in the NFL. There's some team out there that I think would probably be, be a little bit intrigued so and has the, has the room to say, yeah, we could definitely make him fit here because he's he's still going to be better than what we got. Okay, so I'll say this. One, love you, but don't agree. But in the event that were to happen, I'm going to flip. This is, I'm putting right. your energy right back onto you. In yeah. the event that were to happen, is he irreplaceable? No. It, we no, might and, be having and, the Ridgeway conversation, right? right? So yeah. it, it, uh, 31 other teams are going to let go of backup left guards who probably that's their base position and maybe could step in and be a more of an immediate impact as a backup guy than Josh Ball in his development state. So I say all, that, all of that to say I believe the Cowboys like what they're seeing as of late. I believe Josh Ball is a strong practice squad candidate. I feel like he's risk worth risking. He's worth risking to waivers uh, as a way to avoid risking a guy like T.J. Bass to waivers, Matt Farniok to waivers, and trying to get him back on the practice squad. And if you happen to lose Josh Ball, Josh Ball to waivers, somebody's going to fall onto the waiver wire that, or into free agency outright that you can bring in and still add to the practice squad. Well, here's how, here's how I would look at that, though. That sounds good for us. 
I don't know if I don't know if the guys I don't know if the guys upstairs necessarily see it that way. And what I mean by that is they invested a, a fourth round pick in this guy, and the way they look at him, they may say, "Hey, we really, really believe that his traits suggest he's going to be a really good player, not just a, a a guy we can just throw in as a number. We think he can be a really good player. He needs development." So those kind of guys you look at and you're like, "Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily want to lose him." You're right. For right now, I could bring in somebody that's probably comparable. But a year from now, am I looking at a Josh Ball who they may say his traits suggest a year from now he's a guy that's one of the better guards in the NFL, right? So that's where that's where I don't know what their assessment is of him to where they're willing to let him go or not. So we're talking because you mentioned draft pick status. Yeah, aren't we past the expiration date on that milk? Yeah, we are. That's fine. (laughs) That was twenty twenty one. That's fine. But but that's also where once again that's also where it goes back to. And I said this when we're talking about Kelvin Joseph Mm -hmm. as well. That's that's our assessment. That's not their assessment necessarily. Their assessment has to include we're based on what we're seeing and based on what we thought of him coming out of out of college. Where is he in that trajectory? And do we still see that runway where he can grow? If we think he's still ascending, are we giving up too soon on him? Like Ridgeway, I don't know that a Ridgeway I'm looking at and saying he's still ascending. I think he is a good player and he's going to be a good solid that player. That did sting them though. Yeah, that, it, it the, did. It did. Not like but that. But that that is a I don't I don't know that I look at him and they may look at Josh Ball and say we think he's going to be an ascending player. We're not willing to let him go for what's comparable right now because what he will be a year from now will be much more than that. Again, I'm not saying that's my assessment. I'm saying that could be mm-hmm. could be their assessment. Do you go deeper a guard or tackle? <laughs> well, you know what complicates that conversation it's Tyler Smith. If it well, it's Tyler Smith because Tyler flex. Smith can swing out to the, tackle. The answer right. is he can play both, guys right? Who can flex. Yeah. The answer is keep the guys who can flex. The versatility. That's where versatility really comes yeah. into play. Yeah. That, that's the answer to the question. The answer is yes. You go deep at deeper at guard and at tackle. So who are by, your top? Let's say backup guys that do have those kinds of uh, that kind of versatility. Well, he'll, real quick, we're going to take our final break. We're close to the end of the show. We'll take that final break. When we come back, we'll answer that question. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. SeatGeek has your back no matter what kind of fan you are. So whether you're a diehard fan or a don't-really-care fan, a we-got-em-next-time fan or we'll-never-win-again fan, a here-for-the-tailgate fan or a first-one-through-the-gates fan, SeatGeek not only makes buying and selling tickets easier than ever before, they made just about everything else easier, too. 
So whether you're a Here Every Week fan or haven't been here in years fan, SeatGeek has you covered. Download the SeatGeek app today. SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to the break. Oh, did you want me to read? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> we were going there smooth, and you just threw that off. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Come watch the co- the Cowboys practice at the Star in Frisco during training camp presented by American Airlines. Free open practices will take place at the Four Center starting with Cowboys Night on August. Well, we started yesterday, and it goes all the way through the 24th. For more info, visit DallasCowboys.com slash training camp. Welcome back to the final segment of the break. Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We literally have about three minutes, so we don't have much time Mm -hmm. here. Um, I did promise. I did promise at the beginning of the show that we would have a conversation about, uh, about Jonathan Taylor. And I know we were in that oh, other yeah, conversation, I but I think already. we got to at least address that before the show is done. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, for those that don't know, he's running back for the Indianapolis Colts. He is a, a player that uh, has been a little disgruntled, and the report is that he now has gotten permission from the Colts to seek a trade. And so, obviously, as is the case with any player in the NFL, as soon as he's able to seek a trade, mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys become a part of the conversation because fans love to put them in the conversation and media loves to talk about it. And so we're going to talk about it and just give you our thoughts. Now, the question was asked to Jerry Jones yesterday. Here was, here was his response. He said, we'll look at every opportunity, but the way our young backs are playing, I am very comfortable where we are uh, with our backs right now. I feel good about our running back position if we didn't add anyone. Now. Before we get into the conversation, what I want to say real quickly is everything that's said after that, that starts now, these are our opinions. These are not the opinions of the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. They're not the opinions of Jerry Jones. They are our opinions uh, of what we think the Cowboys should do as media people. All right. Now that we've gotten that out there, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor and specifically the possibilities of the Cowboys maybe making a move? I'll make it fast. I will not partake in this conversation because (laughs) it doesn't make any sense to me. You just said it in the quote that Jerry said, and I have the same opinion. With the way that these young running backs have been performing and playing, I just don't see any reason to add somebody else. You still have Tony Pollard, uh, who you gave the franchise tag to, and I just don't see where he would fit. Now, you can pose the conversation of, him being a talented player and the type of firepower that he can bring. But at the same time, I I don't think you're necessarily missing. There are other positions that I would rather make a trade for than the running back. I'm, I'm out on that. Um, I'm out on Jonathan Taylor and not because of the skill set. Jonathan Taylor is an absolute menace. Um, but and yes, inarguably he's better than as much as I love Tony Pollard than Rico Dowdle and Deuce Vaughn coming in. And yes, Jonathan Taylor is more proven and better. That being said, is he 
so much better. It's so much far ahead of the, this current group that you would give up premium picks, plural, for the right to bring him in and give him a chunk of Micah's and CeeDee Lambs's money, keeping in mind that Demarcus Lawrence is also coming due, Durance Armstrong is coming due. Yes, Terrence Steele. Terrence okay. Steele, you still have to get the deal done on Terrence Steele. Dak Steel. Prescott. Dak Prescott <laughs> yeah. is coming due. a lot of contracts it. coming it's up. a lot of contracts coming up. And for those that are fantasizing and, you know, getting romantic about Jonathan Taylor, keep the numbers game in your conversation as well because it's not fantasy football where you just drop the guy in and you start racking up points. You have to pay this guy. The reason he's disgruntled with the Colts is because the way the RB market is shaping out and then that led to his, you know, the team owner and Indy making comments. He wants to get paid. The Cowboys are not in a position where they should do that given everything they need to get done contractually. So from a player standpoint, he's a great guy and I hope he winds up in a great spot that is not in the NFC East. But as far <laughs> as the Cowboys are concerned, it's a hard no for me. And you know, that's the hard part for for Jonathan Taylor, I think, um, is that I think he wants more money. And I think as as is the case for a lot of the great running backs in the NFL that are really great right now, they're looking at the market and how the market is shaping out and they're realizing that uh, there isn't the big money out there for running backs, and and that's where I think the draw, the 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 hangup is going to be in impossibly getting traded. Yeah, teams may be willing to give up the picks to get the talent of Jonathan Taylor. I'm not sure they'd be willing to give him that new deal. Correct. And if he's not willing to get that, and they're not, not if they're not willing to give him that new deal, is he really getting any a better situation going somewhere else than where he is right now with the Colts? And that's, that's a lot to pay for. That right is so. just, but you know, that's the hard part. And I, I just, I believe that this is a market situation. The the market is just saying I don't have to pay that higher price for running back, and it sucks for running backs. But that's the market, and and I don't know how you change that. Unless you start getting less running backs to where it drives the price back up. I talked about this earlier in camp. This is basic economics, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, your your demand will affect your price, right? And so unless there that number of good running backs shrinks down quite a bit to where teams are like there aren't enough of them to go around, as is the case with quarterback, mm-hmm. as is the case with left tackles, as is the case with cornerbacks, as is the case with pass rushers, like all those positions where it's not enough to go around or you can always have more, those those numbers keep going up. There are just a lot of really good running backs, and what teams are figuring out is even running backs that may not be as great as some of the other as some of the better players, you can still make things happen. You can still go win a Super Bowl as the Kansas City Chiefs did with a guy that's a six-round pick. And so it's just you don't necessarily have to spend the big money. And because of that, that's just where the market is. So I don't know that this is going to help Jonathan Taylor moving to another team. I just don't know if, if there's another team that's going to be willing to give him that new deal. We'll I, see. I think it's more interesting if Cowboys fans hear what Jerry said. It's more interesting, first and foremost, uh, Tony – Rico, deuce, let him cook. Let's run. But it's more interesting that Jerry said, uh, you know, don't count us out of the waiver wire when it comes to RB talent. So the Cowboys might be on the look look out for RB talent that falls from the other 31 teams. That's the more intriguing thing to see because that tells me that they still want to see more from Malik Davis. You know, he'll have a chance against the Raiders. Like, where, where do they view Malik Davis in the capacity of your team owner just stood up there and said, hey, we're not out on probably bringing in the guy from a waiver wire next week. 
Uh, that would make me nervous if, it's a, nervous if I were Ronald Jones. Uh, it, very. Uh, that would make we me very talked about him at the top of the Jones. show. Yeah. So Malik Davis, Ronald Jones, where does that put them? But that's the actual conversation. Jonathan Taylor, for as great as he is, it just it doesn't make sense for Dallas. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We are back on Friday. Actually, these guys will be back on Friday. Amber actually, will host. just me. Yes. No, yeah, I'm sorry. Brian. Amber will host on Friday. And actually, I think and Nick's going to join yes, you guys. Me, Brian, um, and Nick. Yeah. So, so you guys have a great show. I will be. We have, we have daddy duties. Yeah, I have yeah, daddy, daddy duties. daughter duties. Taking my daughter to college. And, and I'll be out mm-hmm. of state because my daughter turns 11. Yeah, Daughters. So. Taking hey, man. Girl, all the time. dad. Hey, that's well, y'all enjoy. Yes. No, hey, no, man. no. That's hey, man. good times. It's going to be a lot of crying, but, but we'll get through it. We'll get through it. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We will be back. Uh, they'll be back on Friday. We'll be back next Tuesday. And we'll get Tuesday and Thursday wrapped up. The Cowboys will make their cuts. And then guess what? We will be into the oh, season. Yeah. It will be week one of the season. We'll be back to our daily schedule every day, Monday through Friday, uh, starting that in two weeks from now. So check that out. Until then, for Amber Garcia, Patrick Walker, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?